Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Ibrid Unlimited. Ibrid. Ibrid. <clears throat> uh, don't even start it over. <clears throat> Just Ibrid. We roll one shot. No, no, no. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. This is me, Steffi Cohen. Hayden Bo. Simon Chang. And today is the three of us. We're just here having a casual chat, drinking our Corona. Because guess what today is? Freaky Friday? Freaky Friday. Friday the 13th. We're all getting matching tattoos in our butts. That same mom. That says... In the shape of a cactus (laughs) penis. (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm down. But also, every Friday we have uh, our barbecue mm-hmm. at the Fantasy Factory. Yeah. The Fantasy Factory has a lounge, it has a kitchen, it's got everything going on now. So, every Friday we do a little party. Yeah. And everybody has uh, a couple beers, everybody eats some meat from our sponsor, Stay Classy. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So, a loose little combo. So, what's today's episode about, you guys might be wondering? Let me tell you, let me give you a sneak peek of what we talk about on this episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today we talk about learning new languages to be accepted by your partner's family. We're still working on that. (laughs) Uh, We talk about how I feel like I'm becoming a better person, which is always good. We have the uh, grow, growing, breaking out of your (laughs) shell versus leaving your shell to get a bigger shell. Exactly. We talk about my opinion on Squat University. We talk about meme culture and uh, cancel culture. It's getting a little out of hand, isn't it? It it is getting a little bit out of hand. Uh, And then we talk about personal responsibility when it comes to misleading misinformation in the media. So this is a really interesting podcast. Um, We express some differing views amongst the three of us. Don't forget while you're listening to screenshot the episode, tag me, tag Steffi, tag Hybrid Unlimited, and tag Simon. Uh, at Simon Hybrid, and uh, you'll be entered automatically in a draw to potentially win some Hybrid Legacy apparel, which is the official apparel of everything we do here at uh, Hybrid. This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. So sit back, relax, enjoy. Uh, oh yeah, and obviously post that in your social media. That's the whole point. But yeah, sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Oh, we were talking about the, you're like, I almost messed up an order. I'm like, what is the craziest thing you've ordered? Oh. I don't know, nothing too crazy. We just order like cookies and stuff all the time. But I did send the other day. I sent a uh, an our entire dinner, like like a real dinner, from Tap Forty Two uh, by accident to the warehouse. So the <laughs> wait wait wait. The, I have an answer for that. The well, craziest thing that you've ordered. Wait, hold on. Let me finish the story. She always does this. She always does <laughs> you this. Always do that. That, that's also my beer. But um, yeah, so I ordered Tap Forty Two, and. 
the, the Uber driver calls me and she goes, hey, there's a guy here named Alejandro and uh, he's saying he'll take the order for you. <laughs> and I'm thinking it's at my house and there's some guy on the street named Alejandro trying to steal my oh, Uber Eats. Way. So I run out there with no shirt on. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like ready to like, ready to yell at some guy and there's no cars on the entire street. And then uh, Medina texts me. He's like, yo, what are you talking about? Because the, the, apparently I was on speaker. So he heard oh. me be like, I have no idea who that is. Don't give him the food. <laughs> and uh, then I pieced it together. So I was like, wow, enjoy the free steak dinner. Well, what you? What's the craziest thing you've ordered? Um, one Diet Coke. From McDonald's. Oh, one, like or as, one, as a or one, too. one apple pie from McDonald's. Yeah, that one time crazy. we ordered, when we were staying in Chicago for a step for one of her clinical rotations, in the middle of the night, we ordered uh, two apple pies. And when we opened one of them, there was just a big, very clearly, you could just see someone had taken a bite out of it. <laughs> it was in the shape of a mouth and then put it back in. And I was like, wow, that's, a dick. Notice. that's a dick move. <laughs> but then I thought about it from their perspective and I was like, damn, that person in the middle of the night had to drive there for two apple pies, which are like a dollar each. So even if we gave him a huge tip, like 25%, that guy made nothing. So that was probably him just being like, you know, kind of fuck you. This is what you get. I yeah. get it. I get it. Because you don't get to topic, choose. On the topic of tips. I was going to tell my story. Right. So I had this realization of, I don't know, look, listen, I'm Jewish. Okay. I grew up, with, <laughs> I grew up with, with not a lot of money. You know, I grew up with parents who were very frugal and, and protective of the money that they make, you know. And so when we, whenever we went to a restaurant or we traveled, we, were, we always used to give kind of like the, the, the minimum amount of tip that was kind of acceptable by society, right? Like that's kind of how my family used to And what operate. was what was that in Venezuela? Cuz here it's 15%, right? It, that's like I think it's 10% in Venezuela. 10? Yeah, 10%. <clears throat> Go on. <laughs> but so I mean that's kind of like the the mentality that I have because I grew up like that, right? Just right. let me tip the the bare minimum amount, right? Right. But now I'm in a position where where I I feel like I can give a little bit more than the bare minimum amount for sure. Yeah. So today was one of those days where I felt extra generous at the uh, valet parking. And uh-huh. it was a $10 valet parking. And I gave the guy um, $20 and told him to just keep it all. Yeah. And his reaction was so nonchalant. Like, well, hold on. First of all, this is Miami. Where were you valeting? Coconut Grove. Yeah. So that guy's probably getting like $50 tips and stuff from like, you know, to him. Really? He's probably like, cool, yeah. That wasn't a good tip. No, that's a great that's probably tip. St- that's a, that's a great tip, but I'm pro- I think he's probably desensitized to... That's standard. Close, well, like I for say. Maybe $15. People probably like have $20 dollars in their pocket all the time, and to a lot of people that live in the Grove, they're probably like, I don't want to wait around until this guy gets my change. Here's 20 bucks. Wow. I thought, know, I, was, I, I thought I was doing really good. But you were. You were. You're yeah, but not great. like outstanding. Were you waiting for his it reaction? It was great, but not outstanding. Yeah, no. yeah, I was I was waiting for him to be like, wow, thank you so much, you know? That, but he was just like, kinda like... He still showed up. That's a 100% tip. <laughs> that is a good... But yeah. I also find like the percent tip that I give on things is bigger the cheaper they are, right? For mm-hmm. example, if I, if, I, if I only had a 20 and I went and stopped off and got a beer and it was eight bucks, I might just leave the 20, right? It means more probably to the person, the server, than it does to me, and that's a nice tip. And also... I'm not going to sit around and like wait for the change or whatever, right? Sure. 
right? But say if it's like, if you go to New Surrette and it's like a $2,000 bill, you're not tipping four, you're not going to give them no, $2,000 tip, right? What yeah. are you tipping? 10%? 20, I think. 20%? Yesterday, yeah. I always, I think standard for me, I do 20. Standard, I would say 20. Yesterday, Rusty Pelican, I tipped 25% and then gave him 40 cash, which is like maybe closer to 35%. That's so nice. my That's good perspective tip. on this is I'll tip the 20 on average, but if it's bad service or if it's good service, obviously I'm going to tip a little better, a little better than 20%, but that's on average. And if it's really bad, I'll do the exact same thing. I'll tip like 30 because the service is so bad that I'm kind of like, like here, I kind of feel bad in a way. And maybe oh. you're having a rough day and that's oh, why no it's way. bad. No. If I, I should service, you need to improve. I definitely punish. I, I, Bad service, I'd give 15. I think that's And like, maybe they're having a rough day and they're kind of taking it out on everyone and that can flip things. They're that's like, very oh. Canadian of you. But you can see not... the difference. I've been here six years as a Canadian. I've changed. <laughs> but Simon, listen. It's only a year and a half in. Yeah, Simon, you'll, you'll get rough enough. <laughs> you'll get rough enough, baby. Listen, so what are you guys' thoughts on countries like, I don't know, Italy or some other European countries? London or UK uh -huh. was like that too, where they don't have, it, it's not common practice to tip. Oh, I, I like that much better. I think that the system here is completely jacked up. I think the business owners paying their staff poorly and then putting the responsibility on customers to like subsidize your poor wages you're paying people is ass backwards. Mm -hmm. I don't like I that at all. So given the choice, yeah, I would rather go to a restaurant that just pays people what they think they should be getting paid, right? Uh, and not relying on tips to, to earn you know, the wage they're expecting to earn. Uh, but since that's not the system here, I feel like I can still do my part. I feel like, you know, those people, big tips mean a lot to them. That's why they're doing it, you know. One time I was at, uh, uh, what's it called? What's the, that place that's the most Florida freaking place in the world? Flanagan's. <laughs> and I, I was going to say Pollo Tropical. That's way more Florida. Yeah. Flanagan's? Flanagan's is not that Florida. Flanagan's is so Florida. I, anyone from Florida is listening to this, please. It's just South Florida. Yeah, well, it's as South Florida as it gets. Okay, it's like, it's like TGI Fridays, but for people from South Florida only. Anyways, I was there and I did that sort of thing. Like I got a beer because I was killing time, and then I left, and I only had a twenty and left it. Went was uh, got sitting on my motorcycle, and the waitress ran out and and thanked me, like, "Oh my God, thank you so much for the tip." And that one, it was the opposite of your experience. But I was like, ah, oh, all right. It is really appreciated, mm -hmm. you know? So, like, it, it made me feel, it was almost selfish. It made me feel good. Yeah, yeah that was the reaction that I got yesterday. Like, I was like, whoa, thank you so much. And, That's you know, nice. you can tell. It's so interesting. I feel like I'm finally growing up. You know what I mean? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm finally growing into my shell, you know? Or, wait, isn't it breaking out of your shell? Is it? I think that's. I mean, I think that's the phrase you're going for. But you did you understand what I meant? I did, but for the listeners, okay. they're going to be like, "What?" Listen, Hayden. <laughs> honestly, like you guys have no idea what it takes to be with Hayden all the time. <laughs> like really, you guys have no idea what it takes. Because I'm correcting you. No, because you 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 take everything so literal all the time, all but the time. Like. Well, that's actually right? what I like. That's actually a figurative saying. That only makes sense when you say I'm breaking out of my shell. That's how you grow. But this is exactly what I mean. <laughs> this is exactly what I mean. 
This is exactly what I mean. You know what I meant. <laughs> I know. I know. All right. Anyway, so explain. Why don't you, so, so hold why on, don't so you learn Spanish so huh? you communicate? Hey, I had a theory about this. I'm really interested to learn. Hold what on. What were we think. talking about? So I remember to go back to it. Uh, how you broke out of your uh, shell. I broke, I broke into or my, in I your grew words, into my grew shell. into your shell. But, oh, wait, side note. The language barrier, it's funny because sometimes, remember, you're like, we were saying like getting off on the wrong side of the bed yeah. or getting off on the wrong foot. And you said, oh, I woke up on my left foot today or something. <laughs> and oh, yeah. and I, like, on the left side of the bed, was that it? No, or, I work, woke up on my left foot. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The wrong side of the bed. And you said like left side of the bed and Hayden and I are like, what? Yeah. Like, yeah. The yeah. left side of the bed. But that one at least, that one still makes sense for like the analogy you're trying to draw. Yeah. This one makes sense for the analogy I'm trying to draw too. No, growing into your shell, I don't yeah. think it makes any sense. Like I had, a, there was, a sh I was growing, I was growing up and there was a shell that I was like a turtle. And then, and then I finally grew up to match the shell I was born into. Okay. Well, that's not how that works for turtles. But no, no. <laughs> small. They don't leave their shells. Turtle has one shell. It grows <laughs> with them. It's an exoskeleton. You, you're more like so. You're like a hermit crab, okay. who leaves from small shell. Yeah. And you outgrow the small yeah, shell. That's what I wanted. To and say. you move to a bigger yeah. shell. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean that works. I see. I see. That okay. that one works. Okay. That's that's uh, what I really wanted to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. So we were talking about th this the other day. I think it's very weird in Span or like Latin American cultures how if you date someone who's Latin American, their family expects you to learn Spanish. Like it's like that's just something you can snap your fingers and do. Like there's no other. Wow. 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 Nick. Nick's fired. Nick's phone Nick. went off during the podcast. Unprofessional. Put your phone wow. on silent, bro. Did you put it on silent? Because I only saw that you hang up the phone. It actually wasn't. Nobody called me. Wow, dude. Bro, it's hectic. Anyway, so imagine, imagine you're dating someone who's Chinese, right? Like, Steffi's dating a Chinese guy, and his family nice. expects... what's his name, Keanu? <laughs> Keanu. <laughs> That's not Chinese <laughs> at all. <laughs> but anyways, expected you to learn, like, Mandarin. Mm -hmm. You'd be like, there's no way. No. What am I going to do, quit my job? No, you have it wrong. No, okay, explain. I would 100%... Learn Chinese out of courtesy, one hundred percent. I can tell you because what that's not Mandarin. Language. I can tell you. I honestly, <laughs> I just straight or up Cantonese. hate you. Or Cantonese. I just straight or, up or hate you. I just straight up despise you. That's right terrible. Now. Yeah. Wow. You're next, Nick. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that, Nick. <laughs> um, I had a, an ex-boyfriend. His name was Ilya Zlotnik. Oh yeah. Oh hey, did you learn Russian? Yeah. He, oh yeah. Yes, pasiba. No, you learned a few stupid phrases, just the way that I learned a few stupid. Okay, Spanish let me tell phrases. you why I didn't learn Russian. Uh huh. I knew. Sorry, Ilya, I'm so sorry if you're listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> but I knew from the beginning that I wasn't gonna marry him. Oh. I knew from the beginning that we were just not meant to be, so I wasn't making the effort. But had I known that I could see a future with him, I would have learned Russian, but I didn't. Because of I that. think that's a cop-out answer. I don't believe it. We'll leave it up to the audience to decide. Okay. I mean, there's audience, no way to prove you guys it, can decide. But I don't there's think There's no so. way to prove it other than oh, yeah, let's I, have I Ilya. I would have just learned a whole other language. Let's have Ilya on the podcast. <laughs> 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 oh, man. No. Um, he, he was a good guy. Ilya, cheers to you, man. Yeah. Um, but to go back to what we were actually saying, because right. you, you grew out of your shell, shell, and now you found this new shell. So what's, right. what's the new shell? Okay, so, well... 
it really, I'm trying to figure out how to just be a better human, you know? Okay. Like I've, I've always, I think I've always, I've always been on the side of being, of being better than the average in terms of like my quality as a human being, you know? Just trying to be good to people, trying to make people feel special. Yeah, that was actually something that I really liked about you when we met. Remember, you would always stop and you'd talk to homeless people and you'd always ask like anyone you dealt with, like how their day was going, you know, yeah. like the cash, the cashiers, you'd be yeah. like, oh, how are you doing? But you know what? I had stuff. a moment of uh, bitterness. Okay. Yeah. It started in grad school. Where I just felt like the world was conspiring against me okay. and I started being a dick just because I was tired, man. You know, I just got stepped on so much in grad school by my professors, by my classmates, by then social media, you know, people hating on me and whatnot, like messaging me mean, rude stuff. And I became oh, that was, really... That was right when your social media like started Yeah, so it was exploding. both things. It was it was a combination of just being slammed in grad school and, and just be feeling disrespected and belittled by everybody and then also social media, which made me really bitter. But now I feel like, I feel like I, I'm at peace with all of that, and I'm finally trying to be a good person again. Oh, cool. Like a better person. You toss me a compliment every once in a while. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, t I tossed Nick a compliment today. Yeah, what'd you say? What'd I say? Forget. Did you really forget? Not you know a lot how of, you don't even know. Oh, wow. That's a real nice compliment. It's a I good know. one. I don't know if people could hear that. You said what? I said that I was really glad that Becca and Nick were in my life. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Nice. That's so deep. you know how, this is how I used to operate. So now I'm reading a book that's called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I read it. <laughs> Hayden and I both read it. I remember we talked about it. The first chapter. Uh, the first principle is okay. about not criticizing other people. Oh. And uh, did you just read that first sentence and go, fuck? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because listen, in my head, I'm doing people a favor by pointing out their downfalls. It's not right? always appreciated, is it? Huh? It's not always appreciated. No, I, is no. It? it really opened my eyes and it made me realize that maybe criticizing others is not the best way to go about things. Yeah. But you know what? When people do, when people got, get to know you, and know that that's your way it becomes an endearing quality right like people who Maybe. don't know you might get offended but to like anyone in your inner circles like if Steffi's not making fun of you or like yeah you know calling you out on something then you're not really in her inner circle yeah but but it but that permeates to other areas of my life for example like let's say that nick delivers a video and i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> Nick, you're in this, okay? You're freaking in this. Okay, let's say that Nick delivers a video and I don't like it. Okay. Instead of being like, Nick, this video sucks shit. Honestly, you suck. You know? Instead of saying that, I could definitely use better words. Yeah. That's true. Some <laughs> You used to do this to poor Caesar. Yeah, you used he, to do Caesar this to Caesar used to deliver Caesar. a video. She'd watch it and go, I don't like it. <laughs> And but I'd be like, but you got, him. I'm like, you have to give I something legit, constructive. I legit, I legit thought I was helping him. I legit thought that by being honest and telling him exactly the things that I didn't like about it, I was helping him grow. Actually, but often you didn't, you just, he'd be like, what don't you like? You'd be like, I, I don't know. know. I just everything. don't like it. <laughs> yeah, everything. I just don't like any of it. I like the honesty if you tell me what you don't like. Yeah, you, it has to be constructive. It has to be constructive. 
Nick speaking. I'd rather you tell me that you don't like it than act like you do like it, and then we put out something that you don't like. No, exactly. But acting like you do like it is not an option. Yeah, you're gonna say it one way. You're gonna yeah. It's in the delivery. Yeah, definitely. You need to be able to say what you mean in a tactful way. Yeah. And that the tact was a tricky thing for you sometimes. Mm -hmm. Tact is a tricky thing for me. That was all in crucial conversations of being too honest and blunt. Mm-hmm. But it's creating that safety net of, you know, I don't really like it. But just showing you're on the same team, like you've worked so hard for this. Thank you so much for working so hard on this or something. Exactly. And then giving feedback, showing you're on the same team uh, and then asking him how he could do better. Exactly. or something. Yeah. But the keys in showing appreciation. So that's like what that first chapter really, really tries to hone in and mm-hmm. showing appreciation, which is something that I was doing like unintentionally. But I realized that it works. Like, for example, if you call an airline and they are actually trying to be helpful, mm. and you tell them, hey, thank you so much. You know, I know that like customer service is a really difficult job to do. You probably get yelled at all the time, but I really appreciate that you're trying to help me out. I've always actually just naturally done that, or maybe maybe I picked that up from my parents or something, but that's something I've always done. Mostly because I just felt like that was a, a way to, to get people on my side to do what I need out of them, right? Like... If you just go go in hot on a customer service representative, no, but you yeah. don't go hot. You, what you. Hayden does, what Hayden does is that Hayden finds a hole in the armor and pokes no, no, right no, through we're it. About two different things. Times. We're talking about two completely different things right now. Yeah. What I'm saying is, I get the person on my side. I'm saying, look, I don't know. I know that it's not your fault. These aren't your policies. I know that what you're doing is difficult or whatever. But I'm very frustrated. And any way you can help me out would be greatly appreciated. Like, I'll say things like that. Instead of, like, a lot of people will just get in there and scream at a customer service representative. That's Jordan's approach. Have you heard Jordan talking about that? No. That works one in every ten times. Whereas I find the other approach almost always works. You express your frustration. And then you also voice that, like, you know the person you're talking to didn't make the policies for, you know... Wells Fargo or whoever. That was what I was thinking of because I called them and had a similar situation. Yeah. Dude, RBC, for any of the Canadians listening, Royal Bank of Canada, every time I finally, it's for some reason I'm waiting two hours every time I call on customer service. And by the time someone finally picks up, I'm livid. So I have to actually (laughs) do this actively and not just yell at them because I'm like, if this person hangs up on me, then cool. Now I have to do this again for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Steffi's texting. Um, on the podcast. So disrespectful. Hey, just mind your own business, bro. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you've grown in, into your shell. How else? What? Your new shell. Uh, first chapter. First chapter. Appreciation. Yeah, yeah this is, I've only read one. Oh, okay. Oh, you're just, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Yeah, that's a really good book. I highly uh, recommend it. Jordan's so reading that right now too, isn't he? You probably copied me. Yeah. Well, he, I, I think I saw him post it in this story. Um, you're speaking on that same thing actually about being too critical Simon and I were just talking earlier about how this is sort of permeated into uh, fitness culture and like academia around exercise science and sports and um, it's it's uh, Simon you can go into it more deeply but it just basically turned into this like weird <laughs> attack culture right yeah it's gone from say but on social media at least on social media, especially in the fitness industry, it's gone from, say, cancer culture to meme culture. If you say something wrong, uh, for example, I saw something today, someone was talking about training the tricep in different angles and different ways and basically saying this is going to train the long head a little bit more. 
And this other guy comes in, that's going to train the lateral head and just goes off and then on his post and then makes a bunch of posts saying how this trains the lateral head. And then now all these other people are making memes of like, this trains the lateral head, not the medial and That is so petty. That is so petty. So it relates to... But that's but the, the problem or is, things but like that. The problem is bigger than than just the people who are actively making the memes. The reason why those people are making the memes and doing the shit is because that's what's getting people's attention. Like that's mm-hmm. what people are oh, are liking, commenting, and sharing. Is like this weird. They like seeing people fighting, and it's like, do you want to learn about fitness or, or whatever it is you're on this page for, or are you just here to see people fight? Because it's like there, there's these pages we were just talking about that were. That used to only post informational stuff. Mm-hmm. And they've turned entirely into like fitness meme pages. Mm-hmm. And it's bizarre. I mean, people love controversy. And conflict. And people love controversy and conflict. I think that must be embedded into human DNA in some way. I'd be actually interested in reading more about that. I don't know. But I know what you mean. I, I find it so petty, but it's nothing that's new. You know, I used to experience that. I remember, I remember exactly a post I made about how Spanish squats, uh, Spanish squats helped you train the VMO better. Like they just re- help you get a better contraction in the VMO. And I got, remember I got slammed by that one girl that oh, started- Oh, you can't train the VMO by itself. Blah, the blah, VMO blah, blah. is innervated by the femoral nerve, which innervates all the quad muscles. I'm like, listen, girl, Okay, you're in first year of PT school. I'm, I graduated. I know what you are saying. You're the one that's not understanding the point I'm trying to drive home. Like, it's not even necessary for you to bring up all of this, like, science nonsense into this one conversation. Well, it's like... Yeah, and, that the, and for that particular point, it's like, cool, you can read the textbooks and it can say that they're all innervated by the same nerve and that if you work one, you work them all. But when you do close stance heel elevated squats do you feel it more in your vmo you do why do you think that is exactly so it's like just because there isn't a research paper that you can dick slap someone with to say that you your point is true it doesn't mean you can't objectively do an exercise and feel where more tension and load is being placed yeah also people really people really forget about um how in strength and conditioning or fitness how individualized things can get. Yeah. You know, that's like true. the reality of if anybody has ever read an an exercise science paper or a fitness paper or strength conditioning paper, like look at the demographic look at the 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 people that are being studied. All untrained. <laughs> yeah. Mostly and- untrained or intermediate, so you know, a few weeks of training, a few months of training, and then are they even training properly within Dude, that few listen, months? I worked in a research lab, a kinesiology research lab, and I've seen the subjects. It's nobody that is that will ever deliver any relevant data, or rarely. Like I bet you that Eric Helms is doing like solid studies on like actually, you mm-hmm. know. You know, and Andy Galpin and Andy Galpin. There's, there's a, a few, few that that for sure are. But it's definitely not the majority. It's not the majority. So it's like you can't just uh, people forget that because there's conclusions in a study that it that's not generalizable to everybody. And even if it's a good study, and even if it's done on trained people, there's still individual differences that play a role in training. Right. You know, everybody responds differently to different things. Everybody's anatomy is different. Everybody's proportions are different. 
everybody has a different background in sports. Like you came from hockey, I came from soccer, you came from, you came from ballet, right, Nick? <laughs> right. Well, so, okay. Along that same vein, what do you what do you think about? I'm just going to use this example because it's at like the forefront of one putting out a lot of content and two getting memed constantly. What's your opinion on squat? This episode is brought to you by Stay Classy Meats. Stay Classy Meats curates quality specialty meat from small batch ranchers and processors across the Northern Rockies. They are an athlete focused meat company. Uh, Always, never, ever, no hormones, no antibiotics. They source from ranchers who are for the animals to free range graze in low stress environments on nutrient rich regenerative grass. Montana is known for having very productive farmland and the nutrient-rich grass consumed by the animals is passed on to us. They cater to athletes who require the best quality products to put in their bodies. Nutrition is the base of our existence. The better the quality of the inputs, the less stressed out our bodies will be, and the more efficient they will run. Quality, convenience, small batch, that's Stay Classy Meats. Check them out at stayclassymeats.com and use code HYBRID in all caps to get 10% off. This podcast episode is also brought to you by Beam. Beam is committed to producing high quality, natural, innovative wellness products trusted by some of the world's top professional athletes. Beam creates products to support four main categories, balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. These products are combined of both CBD and non-CBD ingredients. By tapping into how we function biologically, CBD can work to regulate pain, mood, appetite, anxiety, and inflammation. As a Hybrid Unlimited listener, you get 15% off your order with code HYBRID in all caps. So check them out. That's BEAM and use code HYBRID in all caps for 15% off. Oof. Listen, so I was just talking about this with Nick and uh, Becca. I think... It's hard for me to tell. I actually haven't been paying attention to anything that he's been posting as of late. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know what the direction of his page has been. But I do know, because there's two types of educators online. There's the type that stays 100% true to science and and the truth. You know, their, their actual understanding of science. Like if you're somebody who went to PT school, chiro school, if you got a PhD... You understand science. You understand the scientific method. You know what's right and what's wrong. Like, you fucking know. So there's that type of person. The first person that comes to my mind is Lane Norton. Right. You know, he stuck to his principles. Like, no matter what, he never gave in to any of, like, the trends on Instagram, on posting, or, like, on, on videos, nothing. He just stuck to the boring shit that he believed to be true 100% based on facts. And then there's the other type of person who maybe you know, knows what's right and wrong, but gets influenced by the trends and is trying to almost like fit in or like belong into this like online fitness community thing uh, and is scared of actually putting out controversial information that is true in fear of being judged and criticized. So I think that that's what you fall somewhere in the middle. They do have some information that is evidence-based, that is factual, that is in line with the most recent evidence. And then they have some stuff that is very clickbaity that essentially helps them get more engagement. 
Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So here, I think they fall. They fall in the middle. This is what um, I found with some of the ones when I read the caption and they uh, annoy me immediately. So if I'm on Squat You and I'm scrolling through, and for the record, uh, I like uh, Aaron. Aaron. Um, Same. But I, and I know what he's doing because he'll he'll phrase something in a caption that makes it seem like his opinion is one thing, mm-hmm. right? So everyone will get super mad, but he'll write a big comment or he'll respond to the comments explaining the correct view of what he really meant by the misleading caption. Right. So I understand he's doing it to um, to sort of incite engagement. Yeah. But for the people who just read that caption, and trust me, there's a lot of them because he's getting flamed in all his comments, it's misleading and you can have people who walk away with what they think is a fact that in fact is not, and it's actually not even what he believes. So I think that's a little bit dangerous. I think that you can't expect people to see your image and read your caption that say one thing and then have them and just expect them to dig through the comments to find what you really mean. Wait, has he, has he gone in trouble lately? People just make memes every day. People just make memes. memes of him. But at the same time, we were talking a bit about this. I know he knows memes of him or someone else. It's someone could just be a little outdated in terms of research. Like that's what they were making memes about outdating in research. And that happens to all of us. And then there comes to a point where someone might feel I'm just not even going to post anymore. Or they might just really, really think hard of what they're going to post and not really say what they want to say. They're just going to try and please the audience or that's stunting creativity. That's stunting actual you expressing your thoughts and essentially freedom of speech in a way. It almost um, me- So I actually think that it hurts the industry more than anything of just memeing people because then everyone thinks, I don't want to be memed. I'm not going to post anything. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's almost being canceled in a meme way because everyone just gets memed to a point where no one's going to post yeah, anything. Memed that's getting memed is worse because that's being ridiculed. That's being yeah. ridiculed. And then the, the yeah. people yeah. who are memeing say, oh, I'm just trying to be funny. It's no, that's just the way Well, out. then be actually funny. Don't be funny at the expense of someone else. What <laughs> I hate about that is yeah. that the people who are creating those memes have just lack the ability to put themselves in the other person's shoe and mm-hmm. see how that is actually received on their end. Like, Nobody likes to be memed, especially not when you're you're a professional. You're trying to be taking you're trying to be taken seriously. And then there's this this guy who probably knows jack shit, who thinks knows best because he read Muscle and Fitness magazine and and fucking <laughs> Cosmopolitan or something, you know. And then is memeing you and is making a fool of you, and that's upsetting. Well, even and even if you are someone who's super well educated and you do know your stuff. No, because fu- because super educated people who know their stuff won't do that. What about barbell medicine? Bar- do they, they meme? They, meme they, have the an, they have an they have entire have separate page called barbell memeison. I mean, I definitely don't stand for that. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't stand for that at all. And they're just saying, well, we're still trying to educate in a way of memes, and it's just kind of a way out of. But are they memeing other professionals? Yeah. yeah, they meme squat you all the time. Yeah. Which is, not, I mean, their you know approach. What? Actually, yeah, because I reposted one of their stuff one time about back pain because that, some, one, yeah, did, some that of one, it. they triggered me. But you know what? I messaged them back and they're not affiliated to Barbell Medicine. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. No, they're not. No, I'm telling you. Oh, okay. I messaged them. Oh, that's interesting and also misleading. They make it seem as if they are. So I don't know. Maybe that's the shtick. 
But um, what was I going to say? Yeah. Oh, the other thing with, with Squat University is a lot of the, I feel like a lot of the uh, principles that they teach, like apply to novices. Mm-hmm. But like I see some of these, like I see, I'll see some tip on squat, you know, about form or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, when Dan Bell has a thousand pounds on his back and he's, he's squatting it, this doesn't apply to him. Yeah. Right? And that's an extreme argument, but it also doesn't apply necessarily to the guy who squats 700 pounds or 600 pounds. It's like, I don't know. And it, I don't know. Like, how do you make that clear, Steffi, in your mind? What specifically? Who your audience is. Like, because like I said, he's putting out these tips. I know you weren't paying attention because that's what you do. But, <laughs> but he, um, you know, I'm saying we'll give a cue on tips, squat or something, some yeah. sort of squat tip, some sort of technique cue. And it's like, okay, that applies to someone very, very novice, maybe sort of like one of the learn the rules before you break them type things. But it's like when you're talking about a competitor who's squatting 600 pounds, 700 pounds, 800 pounds, or Dan Bell squatting a thousand pounds, it's like these little tips and tricks to like keep your knees out. Honestly, like all that stuff is are like it's, it doesn't work. Yeah, but it I think. Apply. But I've I've made posts like that. For example, one of the ones that broke the internet about rounding your upper back in a deadlift is okay. Yeah, but that actually mm-hmm. caters to everyone. Adve- the, you, and you said it in your in you no, specified kind of, kind of learn the rules before you break you them. Spe- yeah. you specified that, that in your post. I did, so that's important. what I'm trying to say. You specify you you have to specify that that particular advice. Is it, or that's advisable for people who have experience and who can already, you know. They're doing it with intent. With intent, exactly. That's the difference. Because if it happens by accident, you're just rounding your back by accident, you don't know what you're doing, you're actually not creating stability and tension internally, that's uh-huh. a problem, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> of course. But that's putting you, or maybe you've never, you've never done a heavy deadlift before and then you start rounding your back like that's a vulnerable position you've never been put in before. So do you think it's a, a, a better route to take to explain the basics briefly and cater to the more advanced lifter? Or if you're, I think if you're explaining a deviation from the norm, you specify that that is a deviation from the I norm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've talked about, I've previously talked about... Um, uh, squat stance in terms of the, the, the width of your feet and the angle of your feet. And that I explained because I was taking myself as an example and you've seen how I squat like super narrow, uh, actually wide, but with my feet almost Straight. pointed inward. Yeah. Like it's almost inward really. And I explained, you know, there's a difference, you know, this might not look like your textbook squat, what hap- what's happening here is I'm trying to uh, use my quads as much as I can. So I'm pushing my knees forward as far right. as they can go, using as big of a heel as I can, trying to use the, the wraps as much as I can. And it has to do with my acetabular angle because my hips are this and that. But maybe that's not the way that you're going to squat and that's okay. You know, yeah. I think there's ways to briefly explain who the post is for and who it isn't for. Okay. I like that because you're explaining kind of what you're doing and that might look different for someone. So if I'm explaining, again, say if I go through a day of eating something nutrition, I explain my diet and I'm trying to be in a deficit. If I explain a deficit and how to be in, that will work. Rather than explaining this is what I eat, eat this. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I think that's that what people's doesn't... problem is with Squat U is that he doesn't say those things. He literally just says, this is how you squat. The same way, like the same problem people have with starting strength. Starting strength says 
toes forward. You have to do like, this is the angle for this. This is the angle for that. I have a problem with his fix this because I don't think that, I don't think that some of those, the things that he, he highlights are actually issues. Yeah. You know, I think, and, and people get so caught up in that, so caught up to the point, and we've talked about this, to the point where people think that whatever, like, uh, uh, whatever movement deviation from the textbook norm mm -hmm. is an issue that they have. Mm -hmm. And then what, what happens is that they completely stall their, their trajectory of strength. They stop adding weight to the bar because they think that in order to add weight to the bar, they need to fix something first. And then they stay stuck at like 50, 60, 70% and they actually don't end up progressing because they, they are, they're stuck in that like perfectionist mindset of, oh, my squat needs to look exactly like this. You know, I have a, I, right. I saw myself squatting in the mirror and I have a butt wink and I need to fix it before I keep moving forward. And it's not always like that, you know, you don't always have to fix anything, you know, and the perfect example is look at the outliers, like look at how they squat and how not perfect their squat might be. Look at Kevin yeah. Oak. Yeah, Bro? dude. Yeah, Kevin Oak's squat looks crazy. Crazy. But know? and but he's so explosive too. Like you see the way he squats, and it kind of reminds me like the descent, the way that Chesco squats almost. Yeah. Except for he's kind of even more rounded than than Chesco even. Yeah. And then yeah, his lower back is so round. His pelvis is like fully and, tucked in. And he's slow on the way down. Yeah. But then he's so fast. Yeah. On the way up. It's like, but yeah, he's a perfect example of, of an outlier. Actually, I feel like most of the, the good it, lifters, the best lifters a, are outliers. He's an outlier, but I, the reason why I brought him up In is because technique. it's, because it's easy, it's easy to, to observe what, like how different his squad is from others. But there's, yeah. there's subtleties, right? Like there's, there's other, there's, there's people who it might not be so, uh, like clear and clean cut how they differ in terms of form and technique but they still do. We all squat differently. We all deadlift differently. We all bench differently. We all have individual differences, different levers, different size of forearms, different size of hands, different size of torsos, different size, you know? So it's like, it's just in those subtleties and, and it's, it's the danger of generalizing and the, the, the danger is the infliction of fear. The mm -hmm. fear mongering of you need to fix this in order to keep going. And it, it doesn't only mm -hmm. refer to technique. It also refers to pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's also misleading. <clears throat> yeah, I get that. But I think, like, to reiterate the point, I think that his information is good. It's just for what person? And the answer is for the, the novice, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, just Because I think everyone goes through those, those phases, right? Like you go through that dogmatic phase of like, this is the way you have to do everything. And then the more experienced you get with training, you, you realize those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like for me, it was super evident in Olympic weightlifting because I would see, you know, you have your, your coach when you're starting out, he's telling you that this is, things have to be done in this exact way. And then I'm like, well, how come this Bulgarian guy does the opposite of that, jumps back five feet and is doing a snatch world record. Yeah. And it's like, cause mm -hmm. he just figured out something that worked for him. And you're okay to do that. But at the beginning stages, you kind of need those squat university type cues. Like this is roughly how a like good squat form looks. This is how, you know, yeah. these are some ways to Sometimes these, these issues. cues might be taken out of context too. It's not even that it's for the wrong audience or it's just people taking out of context. Like if they're saying knees out 
And then people are like, oh, if I have my knees all the way out, uh, my foot is fully inverted. I'm, I don't have my full foot on the ground. It's right. Like, it's like, well, obviously yeah, not don't that take, much. <laughs> don't do it that much. Yeah. And yeah. again, it might be someone like right now, it's maybe it's a little bit better to have, or it is a little bit better to have your foot pronated and a little bit of internal rotation. Yeah. But for some people, knees out might actually help in that way because maybe if they have too much of that. Exactly. Again, and then people think he just thinks pure external rotation and knees out. It's like, that's not what he was saying. You took it out of context. I honestly think you just need to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, especially oh, on social media. 100%. You know, yeah. I don't, again, like you said, I don't doubt that Aaron knows his shit. He doesn't know his shit. Yeah, it's he sent really, his book. We read it. Dude, we know it's, he knows. yeah, it's really, it's really is hard to create content that is understandable by everybody mm-hmm. that follows you. It's really mm-hmm. hard. Yeah, it, you, you can't actually. You can't. You can't. Yeah. So you kind you do kind of have to pick your audience and then cater your content to that part of the audience, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. On the flip side, you know, those pages that make memes or even like, even people who spend their days like looking for those posts to comment on, to get likes or to or to share that on their story to try to highlight how how the post is wrong or the person is wrong or how how little the person knows about X Y Z. I mean, that is such just a, a sad existence, too. Mm-hmm. That really pisses me off because I've been on the receiving end of that. Uh-huh. You know, especially when I used to post a lot more controversial stuff. Yeah. And it just sucks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, then, I think you reach a certain size, though, and people no longer see you as uh, like a person. They see you yeah. as like a piece of entertainment, like a character, almost like a character in a show. Yeah. So for you, you're whatever they choose you to be. Mm-hmm. You're, the, you're the good guy, you're the bad guy, you're whatever narrative they want to paint in their head. And they don't, you know, they're, they just don't feel like they're, uh, on the other end, there's a, a person who could be upset by that. Yeah. You know, they're just disconnected in that way, right? It's like if I say some shit online on this podcast any, anywhere about Conor McGregor, I'm not like, oh man, Conor might be sitting in his in his super yacht crying about the fact that I said, you know, he deserved to have his leg broken or something, right? Yeah. Like you just, you, you disconnect because that guy's on such a level, but it's like, there's a gray area. It's like, where does that level switch from a guy like that to everyday people? And when you're on social media and regular people have, can have a million followers, like they're seeing tons of that shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it means something to them. Cause they're not just like some celebrity sitting on a super yacht. It's some poor girl in Ohio who's putting out, squat workout programs and then you have all these people making memes and flaming her it's like yeah. you know it's just a different scenario but and even guys like connor those guys i mean that bothers them i'm sure that's why he's popping off on twitter all the time mm-hmm. you know it gets it even gets to those guys so it's for sure it's but it's like you end up being a character is was my point of that whole thing it's so being on the receiving end i can tell you that it's so uh uh it's so frustrating because because you, you really almost can't defend yourself because it's almost worse. You know, if you justify or if you try to defend you try, yourself, yeah. oh, my God, it's even worse. They'll find well, something from it. And they'll use whatever it. you say next Against and flip it you. to make another meme or to do whatever. Yeah, it's, you, you're literally, you're, it feels like you have just your, your hands tied and your mouth like with a, with a freaking duct tape. Like, that's what it feels. You know, and, you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I got recently I got like drawn into some 
stupid Instagram drama, that's exactly how I felt. Like I just couldn't say anything or do anything or nothing. I could, I just had to. No matter sit, what you said, it's sit there and just read everything that was being said about me, and do nothing, do nothing. I know. And then the people, oh and the God. people on the other end aren't anybody. So it's like, even if you went and roasted them, they'd be like, who? No, that's better for them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It gives those people exposure. So it's it's just it's a lose lose. You just kind of have to sit there and take as little of an L as you can. Yeah, I think it's. I just don't like seeing those memes either because it's. Remember why you joined this industry to help people, you know, not to just try and be right and put people down. Uh, like how 100%. is making a meme and <coughs> roasting someone going to help? Because at some point we all, whether they make a meme about them or something, it's like at at some point again for a perfect example of calorie deficit. Like we all probably thought like eating clean was the way to lose weight. Like mm-hmm. I definitely thought that and believe that at some point, like we all had those thoughts and we've learned and, yeah. you know, are putting out different information and on that goal to again, like help people. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? There's, you can, instead of attacking a person for a belief, you can just put out the, what you believe to be the correct information. Yeah. Right. It's like, just because you said, here's the correct information, you don't have to at the end of that go, but fuck that guy who said the other thing. Right, just say the thing that's correct. Yeah. If it's your it's your platform, so the people who are there are there for you. So say whatever it is you want to say, and why are you directing them back at the other guy to like hate on that guy? Yeah, you know, like it's just a weird. Process. And it's just wasting your time of like putting out more correct information. Yeah, and it's super weird. Um, yeah, at the same time, at the same time, you know, on the topic of misleading or mis misleading information or even misinformation. Uh huh. I remember I think we spoke about this, about just whose responsibility really is it to, whose responsibility really is it when there's false information being spread? And the, Oh yeah, you and me. Yeah, we the, talked about, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the example I gave you was more along the lines of, so there's this one therapist girl that I met one time and she used to do this type of therapy. I forgot, it was like neuromuscular or something, something, something. Neuro reset, whatever the fuck. And, uh, you know, I, w- I used to watch her from the other side of the gym. She's like doing therapy, doing a session with, with the a beep boop bop therapy, yeah. we used to call it <clears throat> with a, with <laughs> they, a client. They rub your temples and then you get 30 degrees more range of motion in your ankle. Yeah. Stuff like that. Like they would, <laughs> like so just they claim, the claim like of that type of therapy is that you can reset your nervous system with specific points in your body that like change the way that your brain sends signals to your muscles and blah 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 and i was talking to him about like that person well first of all that person learned from some sort of like governing body that teaches that style of therapy right and then that person same as other probably hundreds of thousands of people is going around and is charging people for that service that's not based on that's not doing anything that's not doing Mm -hmm. anything first of all it's really not making anybody better in any way shape or form and it's also not evidence-based what's up i think that needs to be closer to you and it's also not evidence-based so so um whose responsibility is that is that the responsibility in 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 tying it back to instagram and 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 people saying things that might be or might not be whose responsibility is it is it the person on the receiving end of the information or the treatment who is 
being naive or maybe is not doing their homework, their due diligence when it comes to trying to figure out, you know, sources. Oh, where is the information coming from? Oh, where is this practitioner learn this particular technique? Or, oh, where is, you know, just trying to understand what the source actually is. Or is it the responsibility of the person delivering the information for being naive and then using a platform or using themselves to spread misinformation? Or is it even the responsibility of the source so or my, of the above? My point in all of this is that if it's an intelligent person who's just choosing not to look to learn more about the things they're being told or to question things, the cool, the fault is on theirs. But what if you're just a person with low IQ? That doesn't exempt you from stupidity. No, what? Yeah, you can be a stupid person, but, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it sometimes it's not your you. fault. That's my point. Is like, for example, but it's not fault; it's if responsibility. So, if somebody, no, no, there's but, a difference. But if you're not intelligent, you you're not you can't go read a research paper and analyze it and see if it's right. Like for example, when the when people scam old grandmas and grandpas out of their life savings online cuz those mm -hmm. grandparents mm -hmm. are from a different time and they don't know that it's unusual that the the bank is calling them and, they, and maybe they're senile and mm -hmm. they've lost their mind like they're not all there. It's like those people lose their life savings is it is it their fault? Should no, they no, be let's, penalized? No, let's not even go there cuz that that's a like that's a mental illness. That's a mental health condition. Let's not go there. You know, stupidity is not a mental health But it's the same thing with someone who's low IQ. If someone is tricked because they're okay. unintelligent enough okay. to catch the trick. Let me tell you something. I, I went through a phase where I was having a... Re Listen, I, I, and, and I've, I don't know if I've talked about this in my podcast, but I was, I was not a good student. I wasn't born with the ability to un read and understand, have like super high reading comprehension. And I, I, wasn't, I was never one of those students that would not go to class and ace exams or that would study for an hour and know all the answers like you were. I was not. Everything that I've learned, I've had to work my ass off to understand and to learn, okay? Like like 15, not, not twice, 15 times as, as, as long and as hard as any one of my classmates, okay? So I can tell you for a fact, I've been in a position where I've where I've failed classes, where I've had a 2.0 GPA out of five, where I have been confused about understanding certain subjects. And, you know, is maybe is that that I, I used to have, you know, or, or I had a lower IQ than the rest of the people? Maybe. What you, what I did used to do and what everyone can do uh -huh. is identify credible sources of information. And How do you know if it's credible? Like this is the thing that you can. How do you know if it's credible? Yeah, this, is, on, this is the thing that you continue to miss. Those people went to wherever they learned that nonsense because they thought it was credible because they were tricked. You're a highly intelligent person who has a doctorate degree who struggled with learning certain subjects. That's very, very different than somebody who we can all agree, unintelligent people exist. People with low IQs exist, right? But I feel like we can all agree on who is a credible source of information. No, not dumb people. Well, That's how people know. get duped. Yeah, you're right. No, you, it's, it's hard. Did you say I'm right? Did you say I'm right? It's hard. Well, yeah, let's get that on the record, I, I people. Got, okay, a specific I got that example, back. I can name a few. Nick, take a but photo of this But what about like on specific moment. subjects? Like, don't, do you not think that everyone can agree that, for example, no. Eric Helms or Lane Norton are credible sources? No. There are, in fact, Alan there are Aragon hundreds. Or Lyle McDonald's, you don't, no, there are thousands of people online. Or Rhonda Patrick. Steph, there are thousands of people online who argue against them all the time. Mm -hmm. Go look, type Rhonda Patrick idiot on Google. <laughs> I'm sure there's pages of it. She's getting in shit all the time. They're all, they all are. There are people out there who are dumb. There is no unanimous source of, of, that everyone can agree on is the, who is correct. So what period. were we talking about before? 
the, 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 the core of this argument was, I'm so glad that we got this recorded, by the way. <laughs> this is a big win for me. Bro, like, honestly, is that is so annoying. You're, like, pretend... You're, you're, Hayden, I admit also, when I'm wrong... it's hard to be... No, no, but the, in this particular one, because we had talked about this a few times, and we, we couldn't... It's hard to, to be agreement. 100% credible or even science-based. Yeah, and especially... Like, things, of course, because nothing is 100% certain, ever. No, but even... That's just a different argument. No, it's but like the people who are I, doing but, the people seminars are not the people with doctorate point. degrees. Lane you know? is very, very credible. Like I like a lot of the stuff he puts out. But there's one thing, for example, low low calorie, like below twelve hundred calories or thirteen hundred calories, like aggressive diets. From my understanding, from what I've seen, he does not agree with when there's actual evidence of saying aggressive diets can be effective. It doesn't detriment your metabolism or whatever, or reduce your metabolic rate even more. And that you're just going to get to the diet faster and you're fine. Like it doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Where his is more like steady, slow loss, or even just in terms of like tracking things. But From I my think- understanding, I think he thinks everyone should track. He has carbon, which is really good at, but some people just shouldn't track. Low-hanging fruit. If someone's 300 yeah. pounds, like walk a little, eat some protein, fruits and vegetables. He's, he's also trying to sell a service, right? Yeah. So I think you, t- you sometimes... With people that are selling services, you take what they say with a grain of salt, which is why as a PT, like as a therapist, I'm not trying to sell a service. That's why I, that's why I piss so many people off because right. I don't care about selling you speak a service. The truth. I speak the truth, right? Mm-hmm. So to that point, you know, he is yeah. trying to sell carbon. So, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, so the whole point of what we were saying, though, was I think just that while it's super detrimental that those people take these seminars, then go around and spout this like. <clears throat> doctrine that is not helpful some of them just don't know better like they literally don't know better so i think to to answer your question who's at fault mm-hmm. are it's the people who are running those seminars that are leading those culty things it's the people who who, who know have it's wrong. to know that it's wrong if there's you people who I mean? truly know it's wrong but they, they still do it yeah i think that's where the fault because even relating to kind of like boxing or ufc because there's people remember they have really bad dietary habits or strong beliefs over I have to eat clean now to lose weight, mm-hmm. you know, and coaches truly carbs. believe that as well. Like cut out carbs, a all this. It's, they truly the believe that. And again, it's, it's hard to change those beliefs. Like we've tried, we've talked to them and they still like providing them evidence. They're like, no, or even they agree. And then they kind of deep down, they're like, well, this worked for me. Yeah. They, so they're like, yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. And then they just don't do it. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that we got to a consensus there, though. I think that's that's all that really matters. I think so too. Um, by the way, look what Simon's wearing on his feet. Ooh! Ooh did you notice those? Notorious. This is how about the hybrid life Simon is that he's wearing the notorious lift hybrid legacy collab deadlift no slippers slip right drip. now. This guy's not slipping anywhere. Not slipping. No slip. No slip. slip on research. Marketing opportunity missed. We're going to have to relaunch them and use that. We don't slip on the podcast on research with things we say. We don't get memed. (laughs) (laughs) We don't get caught slipping. We don't get caught slipping. Oh, my God, dude. This guy's dropping bars. Wow. Man, yeah. Production in one day. I am ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you guys haven't yet, hopefully there's still some left. Go uh, go check us out at Hybrid Legacy. We just did a really cool drop um, with Notorious Lift uh, deadlift slippers. We also dropped a shirt. And as we speak, the warehouse team is fulfilling all the orders that have come in so far today. So definitely check that out. Uh, also, are we wrapping up? Yeah. 
All right, we're wrapping. So don't forget to screenshot this episode. Uh, tag me, tag Simon, tag Steffi, and tag Hybrid Unlimited um, for uh, to be dr- entered into a draw to potentially win uh, some Hybrid Legacy gear, which is the official apparel of Hybrid Performance Method and this podcast, Hybrid Unlimited. Uh, appreciate all you guys as always, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Peace.